action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, and boy, will you have questions. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. I might have some. <laughs> <laughs> My, my, I'll introduce Renee in a minute. Renee is going to email me or tweet to me for her questions. Uh, no, you can, you can email us or tweet to us. Email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, sfdiocese, that's D-I-O-C-E-S-E, use the hashtag ignition. With any questions about our episode or any ideas for future episodes, um, and I'm sincere about that. We're always open to to topics that audiences, our audience members want to hear from. So if there's some aspect of the Catholic faith, of, of Catholicism, of Christianity in general, that you're wondering about and you'd like to hear somebody talk about for a little while, we can do that. Or find somebody who can. Or find somebody who can. <laughs> so uh, again, my name is um, Chris Bergwald. I, if you've never listened to Ignition, thank you for doing so. Please stick with us. Um, I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls in eastern South Dakota. And my normal co-host is Father Andrew Dickinson, um, but he is not here today. Instead, we have my long-standing. For a while, long absent, but back again by popular acclaim, Renee Leach. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Who are you? I am. Uh, I'm going to use my my basic line. I'm the average Catholic woman. The- <laughs> <laughs> I um I work for the diocese. I'm a mother of two, a wife of a saint, and well, I think he's a saint. He puts up with me. You said it, not me. <laughs> And work for the diocese, and when um, Chris gets in a jam, uh, he comes down to my office and bribes me with chocolate to there come up go. and do ignition. Soy mocha latte, no whip. Amen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are we going to talk about today, Renee? Today, we're going to talk about God's promises. So... Uh, we are, because this is something that um, at the end of last year, you, at least briefly for a time, were an expert on. <laughs> no, I've never been an expert, Dr. Bergwald, but okay. I've done some research yes, and some study on... And some teaching. And some teaching. Yeah. You have. Um, and we'll explain what we mean more as we go. But Renee, one of the things that... Um, uh, is interesting to me, uh, something that Renee and I uh, do with a group of others, other people who work at the diocese, um, is is go, we're, we're going through, or we've been going through, uh, Mark's gospel in, we probably could go, th- we could go through in a lot more detail, but pretty pretty good detail, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, if you don't know much about Mark's gospel, Mark wrote his gospel, like all the other, all the gospel writers, he had a particular audience in mind um, when he was writing it. So that sort of gave some direction to the reasons he told 
the 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 words, the actions of Jesus, the way he did, pick the ones that he did, and so on. Um, and and so we're we're pretty confident these days, um, looking back at the history of the early church and looking at what Mark did write about and what he didn't write about based on the other gospels, that he was writing with Gentile Christians in mind. So what do I mean when I say Renee? What's a Gentile Christian? A Gentile Christian is a non-Jew. Right. So the first converts from to Christianity, the first Christians were were all Jewish by and large. Uh, Jesus came first to his brothers and sisters in the Jewish faith, but then he also um, interacted, and then particularly his apostles and the other disciples uh, proclaimed the faith uh, very quickly to to people of other religions as well. The pagans, Gentile is a nice word for pagan. And that was actually one of God's promises to Abraham that Abraham's descendants um, would be many in number, and also that through Abraham, there would be a worldwide blessing. So so Abraham lived thousands of years before the time of Jesus. And you might say, so looking at Mark's gospel, Mark's writing to Gentile Christians, what would they care about Abraham? What would they care about any? But we see throughout Mark's gospel, even though he's writing to Gentile Christians, he oftentimes quotes from or alludes to those Old Testament promises. Although, and, go ahead. And what's interesting about that is the the Jewish people would understand those Old Testament references and they would understand what that was referring to, but the Gentiles would not. They right. w- would make no sense to yeah. them the things that he were saying was saying and how um, they wouldn't necessarily understand the connection between him as the Messiah and how he fulfilled those prophecies. Right, right. And yet, despite that, Mark repeatedly shows how Jesus fulfilled, completed the Old Testament promises, or how God does in and through Jesus, through his son. That is God's way of telling us that those stories are important. important. Right. And and, and and the church was, was uh, adamant about that fact early on. I think this is late second, maybe it's third, either late second or early third century, there was a heretic. Um, his, his name, it's pronounced Martian, but he was not from Mars. <laughs> it's M-A-R-C-I-O-N. And he said that the God of the Old Testament is completely different from the God of Jesus Christ. So he threw out the entire Old Testament, and he threw out good chunks of the New Testament that referred to the Old Testament. So what we have is the Bible. Martian's version of the Bible was a lot smaller because he really thought the God of the Jews was different than the God of Jesus. And the church said uh, almost literally, hell no. Exactly. Like, no, the, the the God of Jesus Christ is the God of the Old of Testament. Of the Old Testament. It's the um, fulfillment. Exactly. And so we as Christians living today, 2,000 years after the time of Jesus, we too need, just as Mark wanted his readers to become familiar with all those those promises, so too should we understand those promises. But so before we get into some of those, I'd like to sit with that a little bit more. Why? Okay. I know that's important for you, just from our conversation. I know that's important for you. Why is that important to you? Because the Old Testament stories very clearly show us God's nature and how much he loves us and how much he desires to be with us from from Adam, from creating Adam and Eve. God did not have to create a world, a home. He did not have to. I mean, he's what was the purpose? But he created a home for Adam and Eve to live on. Right. And he created Adam and Eve. And 
the stories throughout the Old Testament just continually to show us God's persistence in giving us opportunities and and wanting us desperately to draw near to him and to trust him and to rely on him. And if we don't know the Old Testament stories, as powerful as the New Testament stories are and and what those mean, the the Old Testament stories just enrich those stories and make them so much more powerful. If we want to really understand what Jesus did and who Jesus was and is, we need fully, as fully as we can. The fullness of the story. Then we need to become aware of all Absolutely. those promises. Absolutely. Um, so the interesting thing to me is we'll see there's a progression in those promises. Uh, we'll be talking about these things called covenants. Um, and there were six, there are six covenants that got established with his people. Um, and so there's there's a progression through from one to the other, and yet there's also throughout the Old Testament this cycle. And you you alluded to it earlier, where we are con- we as the, God's people throughout the Old Testament and now into the New Testament era, we fall, God saves us, we stand up again, rinse cycle and repeat. Right, we fall again, and throughout. So that go ahead. six, yeah, six times. All right, and while we're doing it today, again too, but it's continually. Um, and and I, from my research, what I'm realizing, um, actually, it kind of just hit me right now at this moment, is what's happening, is God picks up a family or a tribe or whatever, and then we, they, are failing to teach their children, right? And it's forgotten what right. God has done for them. And then we stray yep. from from the path until God has to come back. Why? Why is that? What's significant about that? Do you think? This because the stories are important, and um, who's responsible for telling those stories and teaching teaching those stories and carrying them forward? And and um, to me, it convicts me, am I doing a good job right. in passing that story forward and, and explaining to others why that's so important? Right. But when we when we forget our story, um, we forget where we've come from and, and the struggle that's that occurred to get here and the people who have sacrificed. Yeah, I, earlier this year, uh, you and I recorded an episode in which you, you asked me some questions so I was telling my own story. So I think it's important that every one of us be able to tell how God has worked and is working and moving in in my own life, in each of us in our own lives. But then also we have to be aware of not just my story, but our story as the family of God, how God has from the very beginning of time continued to save us. And and that was that's the whole point of the whole the whole story is that God we're his family, we're his children and he wants that relationship with us and there isn't anything that we can do that he isn't going to forgive. He just wants us to uh turn and obey and surrender to his will and and when we do that, life is so much better and so much more full and so much easier when when we do what God has planned for us. Right. So, so we can use. So, what we're going to do, and th- there are a lot of, and I know this is something else that's that's personally important to you. Um, a lot of people have gone through, and you can find resources for all of the promises in Scripture, and there's there's dozens of them, right? Hundreds, hundreds, <laughs> thousands, yeah. a lot. Yeah, a lot. It's it pages of them. Right. 
What we're going to do is focus in on some of the more major promises, if you will, uh, that we, we, we refer to as the covenants that God established with someone and through that person with others as well. So what is a covenant? A covenant is a sacred bond. Um, some sometimes it's compared to a contract, but it's more than a contract. And I and I read in a book where uh, the difference between a covenant and a contract is a contract is like prostitution, and a covenant is like marriage. Mm. Um, there, uh, it's not just an exchange of goods. It's ex- in an ex- it's an exchange of people. It's a promise. It's a bond. It's a covenant is sacred, and it makes you family. Right, right, and 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 using this idea of the covenants as as the sort of seeing that as the backbone, if you will, of of the whole story is not just you and me, you know, not just our idea for this episode. Right. It's also not. I mean, there are a lot of people I know. Uh, one one author in particular, I think, who is known among at least among Catholics for really popularizing this idea of looking at the covenants is Scott Hahn. Um, who uh, teaches at Francis University of Steubenville, and a colleague of his who also teaches there, uh, John Bergsma. They're both both of these men are uh, were Protestant pastors and well, biblical scholars at least. Scott was a um, a pastor. I don't know if John was, but they were both Protestant scholars at least who became Catholic. Um, and for both of them, this idea they, they saw covenant as key. But as they themselves will tell you, this is not just their idea either. We find it in the very early writings of the of the church fathers, the first scholars, pointing to the covenants as the keys to God's story. Absolutely, and it's and it's written not just the early church fathers, but in the gospels and the disciples as they as they learned and communicated, and and even Jesus was was referring back to the Old Testament to kind of put help us put things together, put right. the pieces together. So the reason I want to highlight that is this is seems to be, if not the central theme, certainly a central theme for Scripture, for God's story. Okay. So being attentive to the covenants, these six covenants, the sacred bond, not just a contract, um, is, is seems to be uh, the way that God has seen fit to organize this story. And again, it reveals to us his nature. It reveals to us how who he is and how he is and how he loves and and his patience with us. Just when you think about the time frame that the covenants cover, and how he keeps coming back and he doesn't ever give up on us. It just it just verifies his love for us. So the time frame that co- that the covenants cover. So let's what I want to do is <laughs> why don't we um, just quickly name the six covenants. Yep. Um, and and then we'll go back and maybe touch on aspects of each of them. So the oldest, the first is, who's answering this? Me? I, I'm going to, I'm quizzing You're you. You're going to quiz me? Yeah. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. So that's the beginning of human history. That you know, is. We, we don't know. Thousands of years ago, thousands and thousands of years ago, whenever uh, God breathed life into the first two, the first man and the first woman, um, Adam and Eve, God established a covenant bond, a relationship with this first couple, um, and that's that's the first covenant. It is, it is that he he established marriage. When you think about that, marriage is the first covenant right. that was established, and God promised that if he if they would obey him, that they would be fruitful and multiply and. Uh, could live in the Garden of Eden forever. And you think about that, where Adam and Eve had dominion over everybody there. They were king and queen. Everything that they wanted, anything that they could possibly desire 
was in that garden and they saw God face to face. Right, right. So, and we'll come back, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have time to talk about some more details, but that's just a brief introduction to the first covenant. The second, so you're going to make me... I am. <laughs> the second covenant is with Noah. It is, and his family. And his family, right. So uh, this is after the flood. Um, God sort of does a reset, if you will, and he establishes now a, a, a covenant with Noah and through Noah with his family. Is there anything more we want to say about introduction to this covenant, do you think? No, the other thing is that with Noah and his family, again, God said, be fruitful and multiply, and I'll, I will watch over your family. That yep. was his promise to them. Okay, so that's two. Three, third covenant is with Abraham. It is. Um, and now the, now through covenant, through, through Abraham, the covenant is extended to now, immediately at least, there's the promises for the future. But the immediate through, through Adam, he's the mediator to a tribe. Um, so, so Abraham lived, we don't know for certain, uh, when Adam and Eve and Noah lived, we do know, have a pretty good idea that Abraham probably lived around 2000 BC. Um, anything you want to say about it now? Uh, just that at the point of Abraham, God is saying, um, now you have to have a little bit of participation in the covenant. So skin in the game, skin in the game, if you will. We'll we'll come back to that. (laughs) That's number three, right? Number four is Moses. Yes. So this is um, God saving his people out of Egypt, the descendants of Abraham, particularly through his son Isaac and through his son Jacob. Um, And Jacob had 12 sons, and their descendants were enslaved in Egypt, as we all know from the movie Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. And God saves his people now, who are not just a couple, not just a family, not just a tribe, now a nation. And he forms this nation as his own, a people peculiar to his own. He's going to set them apart. He's going to make them very distinct from right. those around right. him. So that through them, he might make them a blessing to the nation. A blessing to the, when, to the world. To the world. So that'll come back to Abraham, but we're getting ahead of or behind ourselves somewhere. Yes. Um, that's number four, right? That's number four. Number five is David. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, okay, David. I got, cause I know what number six is. Uh, <laughs> so David, um, was a descendant of the tribe of Judah. Yes. One, Judah was one of Jacob's 12 sons. Um, and, and so David now, again, um, Adam and Eve couple, Noah family, Abraham tribe, um, Moses nation, David kingdom. Kingdom. Because through David, uh, uh, Israel came to have power and exercise influence beyond just among Israelites. Right. So now there is the royal kingdom, uh, which is the, that, that David is the mediator of a covenant that extends not just to a nation, but now, in fact, to, to a kingdom. kingdom. He is the one who was very politically, he was a man after God's own heart. Um, so worship and praise was very important to him. And he is the one that established is uh, Jerusalem as the capital, right? And he is also the one that introduced song and dance into worship, right? Which I think is interesting, right? And a, a very holy man who never sinned. No, he did sin. Oh, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. But he. But he did was what? a very holy man. Uh, but he was a sinner who repented. Repented. That's why he's a very holy man. Yeah. Because he sinned more than seriously more, more than, than once. once. And yet he always repented. So uh, a man after God's own heart does not necessarily mean sin-free. It means repentant and sorrowful for the sins that we've committed. Someone who returns to God. Right, right. 
David is number five. Number six is Jesus. It is. Son of David. Son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Son of Adam. And that was the promise that God made to David was that he would have a son that would establish the kingdom. Forever. Forever. Right. And uh, that he would rule forever. Okay, so we had couple, Adam and Eve, Noah, family, Abraham, tribe, Moses, nation, uh, David, kingdom, Jesus. Worldwide blessing. Worldwide. And so so the, the institution, if you will, now is a worldwide one. Right. The church, huh? How about that? How about that? (laughs) (laughs) So, this to me, this is why, um, when you read Scott Hahn's books, when you read John John Bergsman's books, you can, I mean, they they explain this is why when they came to see this, this expansion, this growth, this progression in the covenants, it was, I mean, they not without personal struggle, but it led them inexorably into the Catholic Church. And it took a very long time. I think that's one of the things that has been really something that has set in my brain is that um, God's time is not our time. Right. And he's very patient. And um, this happened over thousands of years. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. I thought you were talking about Scott Scott and John's conversions, but I know you're talking about something much bigger. (laughs) Much bigger. Much bigger. Okay. So... um, we see we we talked about sort of the the growth, the expansion, the repetition. Uh, is there anything though with any of the 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 six um, in any order? I'll let you pick and choose. But anything, any of the details um, through the research that you did, the teaching that you did on this uh, a while ago, that that really struck you, that stuck out to you, that that you want to come back and talk about a little bit. Uh, the the progression of things with with Adam and Eve um, by the time. You know, they were kicked out of the garden, um, which makes sense that um, they cr- they kind of went into the enemy's camp, and somebody who goes into the enemy's camp really can't stay in the family home. So it, it makes sense that God would say, um, you need to leave. The other thing that I found was real striking is that um, God's kicking them out of the Garden of Eden was actually an act of mercy. Right. Why? Um, Explain that. Because within the, they ate of the tree of fruit and of the knowledge knowledge of good and evil, but there was also another tree in there, um, the tree of life, which would have made them immortal. And God did not want them to become immortal in their state of fallenness. And so that's why he asked them to leave. Right. Is to protect them. So we God creates us with immortal souls, but God's original vision, original plan was that we would never even die. So death is the separation of soul from body. God's plan was not for us to die. That's not what he intended for us. But if Adam and Eve would have eaten, you're saying, from the tree of life, after having eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We would have never been able to get into heaven. Right, because we would have sort of been stuck, if you will, in that state. This fallen, this, the this fallen, fallen state, state that we have now. Um, yeah, I think Adam and Eve, you, you would you refer they were king and queen, and they were they were vice regents of God. And uh, something else that you didn't touch on, but has also struck me, they were also they acted as priests. If you look, we don't have time to get into it, but I know both Scott and John have commented yeah. on this. How the 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 words that are used to talk about what Adam and Eve did in the garden and so on refer to temple practices in later Israel. Yes. yes. And so they, they ruled as um, priest kings and priest kings, queen queen and king. They were they were uh, prophet, king, 
um, priests. Yes. All right. of those. All those. Mm-hmm. Just as we are by baptism in Jesus Christ. Exactly. So all those things that God originally planned for Adam and Eve were fulfilled and then some in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And by our participation in him, by our baptism, we also participate in that. Exactly. Uh, we have about three minutes to go. Any other details that you want to talk about? With um, Oh, this is something that really struck me some time ago and I asked you, you might remember. I love, so what's the first, Renee, what's the first question that God asks in the Bible? Where are you? And that, so is he, does he not know where Adam and Eve are? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a really profound. I think he, he's asking that to us today. What, so Where are you? Does he not know where we are? What does that question mean? What do you mean? He wants us to turn to him. And, and he, he knows where we are. He knows our thoughts. He knows what we're doing. But he is, where are you? What are you doing? Why are you not turning to me? Because originally, Adam, they were trying to hide from God. And he is asking, where are you? Not because he doesn't know where they are. He's omniscient. But he's prompting them, as you said, to try to turn back to him. Turn back. What's the first question that got, that's asked in the New Testament? Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember the answer. Where is he? Oh, that's right. Where is he? Matthew's gospel. Um, first question, the first words, but first question about where is he, the newborn king of the Jews? That's what the wise men, men. asked. I think it was the wise men. Asked about the... Where is he? Yeah, the child Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, uh, sorry, I took time from you. We have a couple more minutes. Any other details about the covenant that you? I covenants? am real interested in the the, and I'm just going to bring this up because it was it struck me is the covenant with Abraham, um, God, it, with with Adam and Noah. God just asked for obedience, and um, with Abraham, um, God put forth a test twice for Abraham. The first one was God said that if you know if if I'm going to make this covenant with you. We need. I want you to set your, you and your people apart from everybody else, and I want all of your people to do this. And and that um, Abraham's part in that covenant was circumcision, which um, happened when Abraham was like ninety eight or ninety. Right. He was old, old, right? Old, right? And um, Ishmael, his his first son, um, was thirteen at the time, which was that's a that's a big. That's a big sacrifice. Right. And then the second time God tested him was with, of course, Isaac. Right. Asking uh, Ask, to, to sacrifice Isaac. Isaac. And Isaac was not a little boy. No. Isaac was not five. So Isaac had to have been a willing partner because, right. in that because Isaac carried the wood to the top of the mountain. Just as another father's son would thousands of years later. Exactly. Jesus, a willing participant. So um, there... The, Book recommendation to read more. We just touched on it. There's so much more. What would be a, a, a book that that you would recommend to somebody who's just really interested in just dipping into this a bit more? I would recommend anything by Dr. John Bergsma, B-E-R-G-S-M-A. The the book that I um, am currently in is Bible Basics for Catholics. It's pretty basic. Um, it comes with pictures, which for simple people like me that works. Um, but it's just written in a very easy to read, easy to understand format. Great. And real quickly, I would recommend Scott Hans, A Father Who Keeps His Promises. Thanks, Renee. You're welcome. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us. SF Diocese use the hashtag ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.